You're listening to The Great Coaches Podcast. Hi everyone, Paul here, and just a quick message from me to let you know that if you are looking to improve the performance of your team, no matter whether it is a work, sporting, or community one, then we've developed some tools to help. On the website, you will find our Thriving Teams Diagnostic, which uses insights from the more than 200 great coaches we have interviewed to challenge you with a series of questions to help you understand how your team is performing. It's free and only takes a few minutes to complete. If you'd like to know more, you can check out our website, thegreatcoachespodcast.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Great Coaches Podcast. To me, being perfect is not about that scoreboard out there. This is a chance of lifetime. When you can understand the person, you can then work towards a common goal. We are all on the same team. Know your role and do it to the best of your ability. Focus on the fundamentals. We've gone over time and time again. Your defense has got to be better. Leave no doubt tonight. Great moments are born from great opportunity. My name is Paul Barnett, and you are listening to The Great Coaches Podcast, where we explore leadership through the lens of high-performance sport by interviewing great coaches from around the world to try and find ideas to help all of us lead our teams better. Our great coach on this episode is the former captain and now head coach of the Romanian national football team, Mirel Radoi. Mirel was capped 67 times for the national team. He retired in 2015 and was immediately appointed as the head coach of his old side, FCSB. However, he was quickly sacked because of team underperformance. This did not deter him though, and in 2018 he was appointed coach of the Romanian under-21 side and led them to the semi-finals of the 2019 UEFA Championship. As a result of this performance, Romania qualified for the Olympics in football for the first time in 56 years. Due to his success, he was then named coach of the Romanian senior team in November 2019. Mirel is a passionate and trusting coach who demands the same from his players and staff. He is in an elite club of sports people who have both captained and coached their country. And in this interview, you can hear the deep pride he has for Romania and his desire to take them back to the top levels of world football. He is also a self-reflective leader who is keen to engage the players in the way the team prepares and performs. 
some of the highlights of this interview for me were his view that in order to be respected, you must first respect others and be decent. And this means you must respect your opponent, staff, and all members of the team. How he actively seeks feedback from the players around five key questions after each team training session. And how bringing in a sports psychologist has lifted the confidence of the team, both on the training track and in the game. This was a great conversation, and I hope you enjoy it as much as Jim and I did. We apologise for the audio interference that happens throughout parts of this interview. The Great Coaches Podcast. Mirel Radoy, good morning, and welcome to The Great Coaches Podcast. Thank you very much. I want to start with a really simple question. Can you tell me where you are in the world today and what you've been up to this morning? As usual in the office working because we have next week games with the national team. So we have to work. We have to finish the list of the players. And we have to manage the things with COVID-19 now because some of the players that are in the country that is difficult to came in Romania. So we have to speak with the government and all the, the person that they can take care for players to travel easier and to be here in Romania to enjoy the national team. Fantastic. All right. Well, I'm going to get into the interview and I'd like to start by by talking about your experience. I was trying to count the number of countries that you have played football in and I got, I got to at least 35 and then I, I sort of stopped. So my guess is you have seen a lot of coaches up close through your playing experience and your coaching experience. So my first question is, what is it you think the great coaches do differently? Yeah, it's true that I travel a lot. I have a lot of much experience in football and in life. And I think what I learned from them, and they have a common things, that it's about passion. And everyone, even when I was player, even now when I'm coaching, I travel to see the other coaches when they are training or they have meeting with the staff, how they are planning. Everybody, everyone speaking about passion. If you don't have a passion, it's better to stay away, give the chance for another young coach that he wants to be a good coach. Then it's also about the trust. And when I'm speaking about the trust, it's first of all, it's the trust between you and your staff. If something goes wrong between you and your staff, for sure there will be problem between you and your team. So for me, those two things, the passion and the trust, we cannot discuss, we cannot negotiate. Even when I choose the, the team members and the team members of my staff, they should know that without passion and trust, you cannot be part of our staff. Mirel, how have you gone about developing trust? Is there some exercises or ways that you found effective to start it quickly? They are not an exercise, just we, I'm the kind of the man that I try to take the things in the life and the people, the way how they are. Like me, I am the honest guy. So when I start the discussion with the people that I don't know, but they, I want to work with me, I start to be honest with them. And I tell them the story, what's happened with my career as a football player, with my career as a coach. What was the bad things in this career? What was the good things? And sharing with them the truth of my career as a player and as a coach, the people, they start to be open and they try to speak frankly with you. And then it can be or not a relation between you and the other person. When you see that the people, they are not sharing something to you, it will be a question mark between you and that person. When you see that the people, they start to be open and speakly, frankly with you, that's mean you are in the good way. 
I'd like to talk about some of the, I want to definitely talk about the good things you've done, but I wanted to just take a step back actually and talk about 2015 because straight after you retired, you returned to your old club as head coach and then shortly after you were fired. But you didn't let this stop you. You kept going and, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But I'd like to just take a deep breath and say, did you ever doubt yourself in 2015? And if so, how did you deal with that? Yeah, it was difficult for me to deal with that. Why? Because just I finished my career as a player and I need time to realize that just I was finished as a player and I start as a coach. So between those two careers, it's a huge difference that in that time I didn't believe can be so big gap. And sometimes I behave in the front of the players like I was one of them, like we was colleagues, partners, teammates. So in the end of the day, I was the coach. I, okay, sometimes you can be a very good friend of the players, but in the end of the day, you decide, you have the final decision. You are not only friend of them, you are sometimes like a boss and you have to behave like that. And I think my relation with them, it was more like we was player than the coach. And then also all the things that I achieve as a player, all the information, I try to expose them like my new philosophy as a coach. And there was a lot of information in my head, but there was nothing very clear for them. There was too many information that I share with them during in one session, 19 minutes. So sometimes when I see them in the game, I can realize that they have, in that week, they have too many information from my side. And they have nothing to do with the game. The fault is all on my shoulders. So what advice would you have now for other players who are transitioning into being a coach very quickly after retiring? Or to start taking all the information from the school for the coaching license to wait at least one year. Because when we finish our career as a football player, we have a lot of information. In this time, when you are finished your career, you decide to quit. It's better to start already to improve information and go direct for coach license. It's difficult to have this short, very short period to pass from one career to the other without to achieve the things that you need to achieve as a coach, not as a player. So for me, it's easier to say now, and even in that time, that it was my mistake. But after I tried to realize exactly what was our mistakes, me as a coach and our, as a, every member of the staff. And we try to think about, and we find the way that we should be as a coach. Then I go to study more because I said, okay, I'm, I'm not enough to be a good coach. The good coach is not enough. I have to improve myself. I have to achieve more information. I have to behave as a coach, not only as a friend with the players. And this was for me, you know, more ambition. And I motivated myself that he was the club that I will give everything. And I tried to give everything, but in the end, the way that I work is not with the same way of the players or the same way with the clubs. So everybody will suffer. Better I quit now and do some changes in the team that maybe another staff will come and will they will join more with the players than what we do now. And they will, in the end of the day, they should improve something. Club, coach and players. And was wrong for everybody. And I decided to make a big step uh, back and to keep the chance for another coach. 
You were appointed manager of the Romanian under-21 national team in 2018 and you led them straight away to the semi-finals of the UEFA Championship. What were some of the first things you did when you took over that team? It was something like I think that missing in Romanian football now, the confidence. The players still in Romania, they get talent. They start to be, since last four or five years, to be more professional every day. And I feel them that they are not so confident during of the games. And I, what I do, I took all the games that I was playing in the last two years with the last three coaches in the under-21. And I see for any game that was, even was official or friendly, you can see some of the players, they can give more for the team as a quality, individual quality. But they are not doing. Why? And I find for me was very important because they don't have too much confidence in themselves. So I have to push this way. And I try to, first thing was I'm thinking, I was, I have to hire sportive psychology, a guy who can be with me, help for the player. And we try to have this meeting around 10 minutes before every session that we have on the national team. But this was the thing that we improve very quickly with the with under 21 to be player to feel more confident during of the trainings and during of the the games and this was the key for them i'd like to talk about the psychologist actually because you've now been appointed into the national coach and you brought in a psychologist as well and you said that they have the same status as anyone else on the team which is a very big comment to make i think but what is the difference you're hoping this psychologist is going to make to the national team it's a good question we have something more to work on the on the big national team now. We try f- with the small things that sometimes, I don't know, maybe the people they are seeing in the movie or they thinking that they will not help, they will not improve the players or the national team. Before to go in the camp, me and my staff, we discussed about some points that should know about the players. Then we should put some words that they will be mentioned in every discussion that the member of the staff they have. Let's say we are speaking for those two games that they will come. Now we speak about discipline. In any discussion that I have individual or with the group as a coach, every time this word will be mentioned discipline. We'll post on the place we'll take the lunch, the breakfast, the dinner. The word will be their discipline. When we make training, there will be exercise that they will involve the discipline word. So we try with this message that for some of the coaches or some of the people, they are thinking, ah, it's easier, but they will help the player. They will improve. They will start to getting the new message from the new stuff. It's like everything you want to do is like a training. You will be better only if you train, if you train. For me, it's the same way. If you are trying to give them the information step-by-step, in the end, they will achieve what you want. You also talk a lot about respect. And when you took over the national team, you said, quote, in order to be respected, you must first respect others and be decent. Why is respect so important to you and your coaching style? Because when we are speaking about respect, everybody should know that I don't care if one of the players, the youngest one, it's 18, and the oldest one can be the captain of the team, it's 36. He can be his father. The respect he has to be first from the one who is youngest because our parents and teacher in the school they are learning that 
still you are young, seven years old, you have to say hello everybody or you are in the supermarket, you are in the cinema, in the theater, whatever. You have to say hello for everyone. So we start to educate from the youngest one that should give respect. You cannot be respected if you don't give respect from the others. So when we speak for when we speak about the respect, first thing that they should know it's whatever who is inside of one room, you have to go there and say hello. From there we start to speaking about respect. Respect for me is not only that while well, our teacher or our parents learning. Respect is to respect your enemy. You cannot go inside of the game and to kick one of your opponent without the ball. You cannot go with the elbow. You cannot go to punch someone. It's also that in our philosophy, it's also about respect. It's also about respect. If someone, one of your fans, I don't know, your game is not going the way that you want and you will shouting against you, you cannot go to him to shout as well. If you want that your fan to claim you because you are playing very good, you have to make something more. Maybe it's not enough what you do in the field. Also, this thing, it's about respect. If you want to be respectful from your staff, from your coach, from your colleagues, from your fans, from your opponent, you have to have all these things when we speak about respect. So you've talked about respect. We've talked about discipline. Are there other elements of your coaching philosophy that are, that are important? Yeah, it's the relation with the players. I'm trying to be not only a coach. I'm trying sometimes because I'm, I'm thinking what's happening in Romanian football. Sometimes, especially with the younger football players, they go to the school and maybe they have one bad day. They're not improving nothing. I don't know. They didn't make the homework and the teachers start to, to argue with them. They came at home and parents, they will ask, what you do today to the school? And said, look, I didn't make nothing in my um, history, math, nothing. Even the parents, they will start to argue with him. Why you go to the school? You have to improve every day. You have to make your own home. Then, afternoon, they will go to the training session. And the coach... He will start to speak. We have to do this. We have to do this. And maybe during of the training, the same player that he argued with his teacher and his parents, he will make some mistakes. And the coach said, why you came today if you are not paying attention in our training session? And that kid, he was once with the teacher, second with the parents, third can be with the coach. I'm not so sure that that guy, he will continue in football. And I tried to speak with my colleagues. First, when our players, they come to training, we have to discuss with them, how was your day? So you'll not be only coach, you'll be his teacher, his friend, his father, his mentor sometimes. So we have to speak with them about every problem that they can face. For this reason, not that I help myself, I help players and in the end, you will help your performance as a coach and as a team because the players, they see that, oh, the coach cares about me, what I do today in the school, what I do with my parents, with my girlfriend, whatever. And this was, and I think even now, this is one of my big advantage that I go with the players and I try to help them every day. Even if they are leaving from the national team, I call them. How it's your day, what you do in the end of the week, be careful. I saw that you run a lot in, during of the game. Don't spend your time in the nightclub, go at home, take care. I know that I'm not his coach in the club, but I have to take care because later he will be with me in the national team and 
he have to understand that I trust him and he can trust me. Before you coached the Romanian team, you were the captain of the Romanian team. So I'd like to ask you, what are the best ways for a coach to work with the team leaders? I was the one that I didn't like to argue with the coaches. I tried to find my way to argue with the, my teammates. Why? Because I didn't have, I didn't get a lot of talents. What I do, I do through the work, working, working, working every day. So I have to explain them that most of them in our team, they get more talent than me, but they cannot improve in the few years what I achieve in one maybe. Why? Because there was sometimes there was lazy in the training. They don't care about the program. So I tell them, as a captain of the team and one of the leaders, you should follow me. If you don't follow me, you will not follow the group. If you not follow the group, you will not follow the team. And then it will be easy for the coach to decide for you to be out of the team. And you lose everything. You lose the performance, individual as a group, the relation with your friends, because in the end we are friends. So you will go for another team and everybody will ask, why did you leave the team? Because you get talent, you are a very good player. Something is wrong and it's not about your colleagues, it's not about the coach, it's not about the team. It's about yourself. So I try to explain them that nothing can be improved without hard work. Even you can get talent as, I don't know, as Messi. Even Messi work every single day in the training. What about the coach? What advice have you got out there for coaches on working with their captain? To try to understand them. With, especially with the leader, they said, everyone you tell me, look, as a coach, you have to try to understand them. Because in one team, you can find not only the captain, you can find the group of the leaders. It can be three, four, five players. First thing you have to learn them. Because sometimes maybe you can go and you speak you in front of them with a high voice. For most of them, they will be bothering. They will not be open with you. They will think that you came in that room like a boss, not as a coach, not as a friend of them, as a boss. And then there will be a distance between you and them. If they want to cooperate with you, they don't know if they will come or not to you because they see you that you try to manage to be yourself as a boss. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Bro, you come across as being very direct and very clear in your communication. And I'm sure that's a benefit when you're coaching a national team, but it's also not always the best way to give feedback. So are there any ways that you've found more effective at giving feedback to players? No, I'm trying to give them by every each session. What's happened after we finish the session, I'm going in my room because we record every session and I try to look what was good for that day, for that training, and what was wrong. And when I try to speak what was wrong in a training, I never go in front of them. Because one of them maybe accept the critics with the group. The other one, maybe they will be shamed, they will feel in the bad situation in front of his colleagues. And I try the worst things to go and to tell them individual. We have even some protocol that we prepare with the national team by every session we have five questions for the player that they should fill up and answer how was your training how was the intensity how did you feel what we have to improve i want to know them opinion in the end of the day it's like a feedback from us it's not that we have only the physical reports the technical the tactical psychology reports we need to have also from them size with these five questions what was good, what was wrong. This is not that if I get some negative results, we'll change everything. No, because the training there, we have some things that we will keep always with the national team. There are some rules that everybody will respect. But we have another opinion. So we start to question ourselves. If we can change this thing, or maybe we can improve these things, Maybe we can, the level of the intensity, we can give a little bit lower or the technical parts we have to improve or we have to be more balanced on the tactical things. And we start to think about the feedback of the players. Can you give me an example of something you changed as a result of feedback from the players? Yeah, it was the game, our first game, Nano 21, in the European qualification was against Portugal. And because the Portugal is a very strong team with a player like Joe Felix that was then next year was for 100 and something million to, to Atletico Madrid. We start to make our homework. And there was a lot of data that we have to give to the players, a lot of information. And in that time, we said we have to be prepared for everything that's going to happen in the game. We have plan A, plan B, plan C. And after the first training that we have, after the first session, we have this team question. Everybody in the tactical part, they were saying that there was too many information. From our side, we think that it's good to have many information. During of the game, they will face the problem. They will remember from the training how they behave. And when I see from 23 players that everyone said there was too many information from the tactical view, then I get my stuff every evening. We discussed about the session after we review. And I tell him, here we have a big question mark. Here was, today was too much. 
And then second day, we go from what we planned before to do, we take out maybe 50% from the information. And this was helping a lot. This also it's regarding before question, the feedback of the player. It helped us a lot. In the end, we beat Portugal. Fantastic. Great result. Congratulations. Could I talk about in any team, there are often negative influences. It happens all the time. How have you managed to deal with these situations where you've had negative influences within the team? Yeah, they are like the players that they are not happy when they see the first 11, they are not happy. Then they are going the bench. Some of them, they are not playing. They are only three substitutions. So they feel embarrassed. Why my colleague play? I'm not playing today. And they start to behave. Next day on the training, you can see that they are not giving 100%. They are like upset. What I do, I try to speak with them one by one. And I explain them one thing. If you are unhappy that you are not playing, from 22 players, I have only 11 choices and three substitutions. Sometimes maybe I am the guy who chose wrong. But you as a player, how you can prove me that I was wrong? It's only one way. Next day on the training, you have to give more what you give me before. If you are going during of the game, you have to go inside and you have to do more than the player that you replace. You have to give an assist, you have to give more effort, you have to score. Otherwise, if you will not bring something good during of the game or next day on the training, you show me that I was right to keep you on the bench or outside from the, from the squad. If you will come inside of the game and you decide one game, you will show me that I was wrong against you. And I'm obliged next game to put you in the team. And do you tell them that before the team's announced or after the team is announced? No. First, I explain them. For me, the player who they are in the bench, they are more important from the player who they start the game. Why? Because during of the game, you already got your information before the game. But you'll get the information also during of the game. You see your opponent, how he's behaved during of the situation that we discussed before. You have more information than the player that start the game. So when you go, you are ready. You know the information from the staff and you know already life from your opponent. That's a great answer, Morel. What a fantastic insight. Thank you. I would like to just ask you about your learning. I mean, you talked before about your advice being go get your coaching license. But of course, your education doesn't stop there. It continues. It always continues. Have there been any resources, books, television shows, anything, particularly during COVID, that you found useful as a resource to help you with coaching? A lot. And I try any information that I can take on the internet, on the books, whatever coach I will go for one week to to follow him, to see the training, to see everything. I try to get all the information that I have from any source, any source. Because now, if you open the internet, you are writing football, for sure there will appear thousands of information. I cannot have that information. This is only excuse now. In the moment that you open the internet, you'll find everything. You cannot say that I didn't know how to press. I didn't know how to defend. You cannot. This is only excuse because we have a lot of information. If we get these excuses that we don't have the information, how was the coach 20 or 30 years ago without any online information? How they can improve themselves and they have these results? It's embarrassing for us to say that I didn't find nothing. You got some examples of things like that you found particularly interesting? 
Yes, I find as a coaching plan to Klopp something very interesting. The way how he tried to to manage all his exercise during of the train, that it can be a progression only by physical part. You have to be all the things in one way. Before we was learning that first when we start we start the exercise for the training, we have to go step by step to improve our physical parts as a player to be easier to don't get injured. But at the same time, what I see in Klopp and now also in Guardiola, that they are going with the information from every parts, physical, tactical, and technical. They are going all these three steps progressively. When they will finish in the end of the, the last exercise, 10 against 10, 11 against 11, 9 against 9, whatever, the players, they will get all the information that they receive in any exercise, they should improve in the last one. What you achieve in the first floor, you have to put in the fifth one. So all the information that you get in the first four exercise, in the last one, the coach should see it there. And this for me was very interesting thing because I was thinking, I was afraid only for the physical part, not also the other things. And now I see that you can go step by step with all of them at the same time. You've been very generous with your time. I know you've got to get back to the team because they're coming into, into quarantine, into lockdown with you tomorrow. So just one final question. And I know it's a, it's a strange one to ask someone that's still so young in their coaching journey. Um, but I want to ask you, what is the legacy that you want to leave as a coach? I know that if the president and the technical director, they will hear me now, they said, you're a crazy one. The legacy that I want to leave behind is that the player, they improve something during our staying with the national team. I care more, even if I lose one game, I'm not afraid about result. I want the player enjoy. I'm the coach that I like the philosophy just to play, to enjoy. If you are going in the pitch without enjoying, it's better to stay close to me in the bench. We are enjoying more than the players. If you're not going with enjoy, with the passion to play, it's better to stay with me. So always I explain that to the players. For the club team or national team, I tell them like that, guys, if you are going in the pitch and you are not enjoying, better we go and we see a movie. We go in the cinema and we will enjoy a lot. You have to enjoy. It's not about result. It's the way how you play, the way how you go in the field. I don't want to see the player that always, I don't know, we receive the goal and I see the, all the players with the head down. No, you have to smile. Why? Because you have to get your power from inside to show your opponent. I don't care today if you score. You can score one more time. I will smile because I will know in the end of the game, I will go and I will win this game. Oh, it's a great answer. Thank you so much for sharing. Mirel, it's been wonderful chatting with you today. Best of luck for the journey ahead with the team. I am looking forward to toasting the team's success as they move forward. So congratulations and thanks, thanks for your time. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. And anytime, I'm happy to discuss. The Great Coaches Podcast. Hi, everyone. It's Jim here. You've been listening to our discussion with Morel Radoy. Morel brings great energy to his role as coach, and you can hear the pride he has for his nation and the desire he has for them to return to the top levels of world football. I especially liked his view that if you don't play with passion and enjoyment, then it's better not to play and just sit on the bench and watch. How? 
giving too much information to players can distract them on the pitch. And when this happens, the fault lies with the coach. And how being the head coach means sometimes you'll have to play the role of teacher, father, friend, and mentor, and be prepared to talk to them about every problem they can face. And I hope you enjoyed this as much as we did. Coming up next on the Great Coaches podcast, we'll be speaking to South African rugby coach, Hanneke Meyer. So for young coaches in there and, and, and people under pressure, you have to embrace pressure because what's the use of not being under pressure? Then you can just coach at the, you can play against teams where you win every single game by 100 points. There's no challenge in that. So you have to be challenged to grow. So I like to embrace the pressure and there's nothing, I played against a lot of countries or my teams and it, for me it was nothing more, I never felt more alive than facing the Arca and I've lost a lot of those games, but for me it was unbelievable. So that's why I said you have to enjoy what you're doing, embrace the pressure, and that's why you coach. And just before we go, coaches are not usually the type of people who seek the spotlight. And so if you can put us in contact with a great coach that you know has a unique story to share, then we would love to hear from you. You can contact us using the details in the show notes. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.